Hey, recording live. The newest episode of Mindset Moves Podcast. Exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. And welcome to the newest episode of Mindset Moves. It is exclusively recorded live for you, the members of the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Entrepreneurs on Facebook. If you're not already in that community and you're listening on another platform, get in there. We have exclusive information for you to uh, attract more of your ideal clients and grow your revenue. I'm here today with Dana Corey, and we're going to be talking about how to stay in the room for yourself and practical steps as you're experiencing a time of transition. Right now we're talking about end of summer coming up and back to school and simultaneously some uncertain times when the media is coming at you and saying, watch for this, watch for this, watch for this. And it can feel a little scary and how to stay grounded and in the room for that as well. While also providing to you, as you know, at Media the Creative Agency, we're experts at social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn primarily, actually. Um, so I'm an expert at that, but I love to have conversations of with people like Dana, who, yes, they put effort and money towards that strategy and also find really impactful relationship through interpersonal connections. And I'm going to have her tell you a little bit about that. So before we go on though, Dana, who are you? Why the hell should they listen to you? <laughs> I'm Dana. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Dana, Corey. I am a business strategist and a coach. I work exclusively with business owners who have been in business a while. They have a viable business. They've gotten through that really hustle grind period of the startup phase and they get to this point where it start, it's working, and then all of a sudden what they really want is to grow from there. And what they find is that what worked to get them where they are is not the thing, are not the things that are going to get them to get to the next place where their business wants to go, and that most often they're the ones that are the bottleneck. And I really teach them how to go from micromanaging their business, being the self-employed boss, to being the conductor, the orchestrator, and becoming and stepping fully into being the CEO leader that their business actually needs to grow. I've been doing this for 10 years. 87% of my clients double their revenue within a year of working with me, working a third less hours. Um, I've been doing this a long time and, and I have results and I have a lot of business experience. I've been in business in various businesses for 30 years. So that's, that's why if you're gonna listen, you know, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you do. And, uh, and you know, I, I love you and everything you do. And definitely there's some 
big value behind the education that you share. And by the way, I just realized that I'm actually going live on my Facebook profile right now. So you all, if you're Facebook friends with me, you get to watch it. You know, we've just expanded this to a, a whole, you know, a whole audience. And I always say technical glitches are divine intervention for what's really meant to happen. So we're going to just roll with it. And, awesome. uh, you know, you're welcome, everybody. And <laughs> we'll, we'll post this replay into the Facebook community as well. So Dana, tell me about what people are going through right now. What are business leaders going through right now in terms of that end of summer back to school as parents? So this morning I opened Facebook and the first thing I saw was somebody sending their kindergarten off for the first day of school. And it is what, August 3rd? I'm like, it blew me away, first of all, because, you know, grow, I'm so used to Labor Day being the start of, of school, which is no longer the case, but really we're in the first couple of days of August. Yeah. And I know from experience that what happens is this, there's a mental transition that has to happen between the summer which is full of, yes, business owners, of course, are working their businesses, but they're also dealing with kids at home. They're also dealing with vacations, everything that they've been saving up all year long to see people, like they've been fitting all that in. There's a lot of traveling going on. And the transition is into really what for many, many businesses, I would say most businesses is the most uh, um, I don't want to say important. It's the most revenue generating quarter of the year for most businesses. And so the mindset has to shift. And before you can actually be doing the work, you have to be thinking about and, and planning and being strategic about how are you going to use the next four months to really end out your year where it is that you want it to be. And so the, people are going through that transition. That's a really important reminder to those of you who maybe have had a slower year that we are nearing the most revenue inducing uh, last quarter. And so there is some excitement there. So get excited. Mm. I'd love to talk about that, how the, how, you know, in, in an entire corner, when you have quarter, when you have the right people in your corner, you could actually be making the same amount of revenue that you did for the rest of the year. How exciting is that? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, you know, all businesses have a, a um, cycle, a, you know, where we have times of the year where we really do most of the work or generate the most income and then times when it's slow. And um, for, as I said, for most of us, this is the thing. This is the time. And I think it's both exciting and it can also make people really nervous Kind of what we were talking about before is when we when you're hearing, oh, the Fed is raising interest rates because they're still worried about inflation. But when you actually read the economy, economic reports, you actually see that inflation has really been lowered. It does, it's not making sense. And yet, and I think part of the, the fear and uncertainty that people feel is because it's not clear. Nobody's being clear. Everybody's telling a different story. So what should I expect? So walking into this part of the year, which really for some of us, it does exactly what you said, which is produce more revenue than the rest of the year combined. It can be like, are people still going to buy? Are, am I still, is our business still relevant? 
How do we, how are people's buying habits change? Um, how do we react or uh, create an atmosphere where people participate with what, with our businesses in ways that, that they have in the past? Um, and so there's all this tried and true stuff that many business owners have done in the past that have to be reevaluated in the face of what people are thinking and and people's habits are changing and what they're actually, what's actually really happening as opposed to what they saw was happening in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what do you suggest they do? Um, What I always suggest in any situation, which is don't try to do it all. (laughs) Doing it all never works. You've got a quarter, pick at the most two strategies that you're really going to put all of your energy into, all of your attention into, you know, if you're going to do um, social media as a strategy, then really do it as well. Have people on your team that really know what they're doing, like Marta, right? Like, like really invest in that or if you're going to uh if part of your if your strategy is okay i'm gonna speak sell to speak then really put your energy into making sure you're on as many stages as possible coming making sure that you're clear about what it is you're speaking about what your ask is all of that stuff like but don't you're not a jack or jill of all trades don't piddle things here and piddle things there. The best way to get through and make the most of this time of year is to focus um, and so and be strategic. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said. And then also, you know, when you're working with a good marketing agency, such as Media, the creative agency, uh, you then would have a partner of ensuring that there's the follow through from the speaking collecting all of the email addresses and having a sequence of events that's happening after the speaking and which is huge and potentially hiring someone who is an expert at selling from the stage because you could um, be really putting all your energy and going into stage after stage after stage after stage and your conversions off and then you go okay I guess that wasn't worth it but it could be if it's properly formulated so really picking focused help that is an expert in the, in the field that you're looking to promote yourself. Like Dana so nicely said, you know, if it comes to social media, email marketing, SEO, <laughs> that, you know, where, where your jam at media, the creative agency for sure. I think it's really important um, fundamentally as a business owner to be honest with yourself about what your zone of genius is and, and what the zone of genius is of your employees. Like what are they really good at? Yeah. What are they good at? That's what are they better at than you? Mm-hmm. But then when you're to actually do exactly what Marta said is, you know, hire or invest in experts that do the, the, that know how to do the strategies that you are focusing on better than you know how to do it. Right. That have, right. That's what they do all day long. It's what their business is about. They know everything about their industry. Let them do what they do best so right. that you show up great. It, it's 
it's very much like um, the, the other thing that I, I often say is, you know, well, I don't think everybody needs to have a coach. I hate that. Like you have to have a coach because you won't get where you're going. Bullshit. Okay, let's right. be honest. Right. The truth about having a coach in your corner is that you oftentimes you get where you're going faster. Yeah. Right. Because you have a second pair of eyes. There's no agenda. And, and in that way, having somebody in your corner that can uh, say, you can you can ex- say these are the, the the strategies that I'm focusing on. This is what I'm going to do this quarter. Somebody else can say, "Well, this is a really good idea, but I don't think this is really the thing that is going to move the needle or make the cash register ring as much as you think it is." I, you know, tweak it this way or um, or that way, or for for people who are like, "I'm going to like you said, I'm going to be the speaker," but they don't have the training or they don't, you know, they don't really know how to sell from the stage, right? A coach is going to say, yeah, no, that's not, that's not a strategy I would use. Let's use something that speaks more to the strength, your strength or more to the strength of the company as a whole. Like, let's really look at what you've got in your toolbox that works and, and really focus on that. Yeah, I will say that I am the type and I have totally seen this that I perform so much better when I have a coach, I look at the data, right. And I was speaking to another multimillion dollar uh, business owner. And yes, there is the part of you that's like, follow your gut, follow your intuition. Yeah, but also look at the data. And when I look at the data, the hard facts and numbers. The truth is it's a big fucking difference in revenue (laughs) when I'm working with a coach and when I'm not working with a coach, because I'm very much when I'm not working with a coach in my feminine energy of just allowing and receiving, but to the point where I'm like, the team is just going to run the show and I'm going to be over here with my six kids and I'm just going to watch it all, you know, come in. And it does happen. Yes. My family is fed. The team grows. Clients come in. There's an exponential difference between that and there needs to be a level of that as well. And working with a coach, which is doing all the things that you said, and also kind of giving you that accountability and giving you tools that you didn't, weren't already using, or in my case, telling you things that you already know you've coached people on for years, but you like just aren't doing them. And you just need that partner to come alongside you um, and, and help you out. I think, you know, one of the, the key to have to this difference between having a coach and not having a coach is it doesn't necessarily actually have to look different in your day-to-day in terms no. of where you're spending your time. It's about where your brain is focused and what you're focusing on tends to grow. And so when you have somebody who keeps pointing you back to the things that, that have to go this way or that, you know... Are, where you're, where you're putting your eyeballs, where you're putting your brain eyeballs, though, that's, what's going to make your revenue grow. Um, because I don't believe that you have to work all the time to make it happen. Right. So of course you can still let your team do the work. You can still hang out with your kids, but your focus is different. And when your focus is different because you're, because our businesses I don't know whether this is an unpopular opinion or not, 
But our businesses are, while they are not us, right? Like they're not our babies. They're not us. Their ability to grow is connected to how willing we are to grow. Mm-hmm. How our, our ability to hold a bigger container as, as a person, as a human, really impacts the ability of a business to get bigger and bigger. And um, without, I have found that without a coach, we get lazy about looking in the mirror. We get lazy about looking at what, what, where our beliefs stop us. We l- get lazy about pushing against where we're comfortable. And all those things impact the growth of the container that we can hold, which impacts the growth of our business. Absolutely. And also it's, um, it's like those limiting beliefs will creep back in at times. And, um, and you know, I'm a big, big in the spiritual world and I feel like the devil comes in and is like, Oh, you're insecure about that again. Let's play with it. Let's like pick at that thread and really make you feel like shit today. And I was like definitely, yes. And I was definitely feeling at that place, as I shared with Dana before we started to go live and record, it's been the toughest, one of the toughest, let's say 18 months. Yes, we moved into our beautiful home uh, that we love. And yes, we had a beautiful baby boy. Um, But those things come with the challenges, right? And then, of course, losing my mom at the same time and undergoing um, such stressful things with my husband's land development company, lots of toxicity, lots of animosity, lots of changes, lots of, um, you know, there were times and I've shared this openly where we were probably wondering, like, are we even going to be here in this house? And there's such a story to that, that I share more privately in the details, but, um, but, um, so I was kind of in that stage of business where I was like, I'm just going to allow it to, re- I'm just going to allow and receive, I'm just going to allow and receive and kind of like put my oxygen mask on. And then, you know, when I'm ready to take it off. Um, so I was, I was hesitant to hire a coach because I was like, she's going to tell me to do all these things. I don't feel like doing anymore. And, you know, I just don't feel like it. And yeah, she did, but they, <laughs> it worked out, you know, like it worked out You from uh, going back into hiring a coach, um, uh, tripling the, the revenue within the month of working with her doubling and then on the way to tripling. And then also, um, you know, making that investment back within, within certainly like the first couple of weeks of working with her. So I, if I would highly recommend hiring a coach like Dana, if you're at that place where you've already established that success, but you're just kind of feeling like you're, you're not as energized about your business, because like Dana said, you're not your business. The business is its own energy. And when I asked my business, what do you need? The business was like, you're like neglecting me. I'm like, I'm another one of your babies. And it's as if you're not, you're not paying any attention to me. You know, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to do, right? To still be able to bring in revenue and and properly serve your clients. And of course, I was still in the room for for my clients, but not for myself, I would say. Yeah, I have a, a friend who uh, owns a twenty million dollar consulting company, and two years ago, he had figured it out how to have a leadership team. He had really taken himself almost completely out of the daily operations. He was working two or three hours a week, and then they lost their biggest client. And now he's back in it, hustling hard, uh, 
And I was talking to him the other day. He said, you know, the thing about business is we think that always think that there's going to be a place that we get to where it's all just going to be bonbons and play. But the truth is, is that if you neglect your business, it's going to create mischief and it creates mischief in, in a way it's almost correlated to our brain, our brains wanting to be challenged, right? It's almost like cre creating mischief so that we can be a part mm -hmm. of it again. Um, but yeah, he's back to it. He said, I know that next time I'm at a place where I can pull back, I'm going to pull back very differently than I did. Right. And then he'll come to the next challenge. Like it never goes away. There's right. always the next thing, the next piece, no matter how big you get, no matter how big your company is, there's always the new challenges, the new, the, the new problems of the new place that you yep. are, the new phase that you're in. So. Yeah. And it's the energy behind pulling back. There's a difference behind like, I'm so grateful. I'm in a good place. The team's got it. And I'm going to pull back and keep growing it. Right. And there's two very different things where like, I, it's not paying attention to your clients or paying attention to your clients and taking care of them is not the same as you paying attention to your business and taking care of your business. The two things are not the same. It's a different energy. And so um, if you need more information on that, I'm sure Dana can expand. What do you think about what I just said? One of the things that I say a lot to, to my clients is you want to delegate, not abdicate. You can't abdicate your role. That's like just going away and kind of trying to let it run itself without any input at that point, just sell it. it honestly, exactly. Just sell exactly. It. Just sell it to somebody else who's going to get excited. That doesn't mean that you have to be in the trenches every day either. Right. No. There's not, it's not one or the other. It, you want to be smart. You want to keep engaged. I'm going to say emotionally, but you want to keep your, your, your mental game engaged mm -hmm. you want to keep uh your creative visionary and innovative ceo self engaged you want to stay engaged in supporting your team so this is the thing about being a ceo is that your your job goes from like managing your employees or managing your team to supporting your team to do their to live in their zone of genius, to do the, their job the very best they can. The biggest uh, question on every CEO's lips with their employees should be, how can I support you? What do you need from me to do the best job that you can do? Um, it's a really different way of thinking. And so it's much more mentally energetic or internally energetic than doing. It's more of a being. Yeah. Involved. And most of us don't have a lot of practice in being intentionally being. We have a lot of practice in doing. Doing is easy. In fact, all, all of my clients ever, every business owner I've ever met pretty much are expert doers. They are implementers. They give them something to do and they make it happen, right? We're like, that's the easy part. The hard part is being in the in the mental and emotional space to hold it. Um, and yeah, 
sorry. That's a little uh, no, I think that was, I think that was great. I think that was great. If you see my eyes going, Dana, it's just me doing behind the scene tech. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes we look really silly on these. Anyway. Uh, no, it, it, yes, it, it, I think that's, that was a, a great answer. And, um, and, you know, speaking of doing things that are in your zone of genius and that maybe you're really passionate about and being in the business, um, as we've, as we've recently, as we said at media, I'm the expert I feel as, uh, to promote yourself on social media and, uh, mostly just Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. None of the other, you know, the more trendy stuff that people are into. I'm just like, you lost me. Um, but so I'm always curious. I'm like, you're not like on all the platforms doing what you don't need to be. I'm so curious. Like, how do you bring in your new clients? How, what does that process look like for you? What do you do? So Dana, I know that's one of your strengths. So, um, and we talked about with Dana a little bit. I, we were saying before we hit record and we went live, I was like, oh, I noticed a, a shift in your, in your Instagram presence. And, um, and she said, you know, uh, my focus is really more on Facebook. That's where my clients are at Instagram. And she said, very rightfully so Instagram isn't really made for you to like be doing your offer posts. You're longer. There's not really a community on there. It's, it's really mostly for quick bite-sized digestible entertaining content. That's also maybe inspirational. And so our, my own personal Instagram content looks very different than my Facebook content because I have a different strategy. I can monetize my Instagram by being a spokesperson and an influencer and uh, growing my audience that way and being paid by brands and um, business owners to promote their businesses with my audience there. And so it's like, I have a lot of fun creating the reels and stuff, but I don't really go deep that often about how I help clients as a CEO of Media the Creative Agency, because it's just not that vibe. So for you, Dana, you have a strength in creating real live connections with people. Tell me, what do you do? How do you do it? And, you know, what's some good success tips for that? Well, first of all, I, I built this business on face-to-face relationships um, out in the community, both in my community. So I live in Portland, Oregon. So it, first starting in Portland and then really up and down the West Coast. There was a while that I was uh, flying back and forth from D.C., I, because I don't, I don't even know how that started, but it just did. <laughs> and now my daughter lives there. So now I have an excuse. Um, so creating relationships there. Then I started going to conferences and not only speaking, but actually creating relationships from my seat as a participant. And then, you know, as we all get sidetracked, we get sidetracked or we get like shiny object syndrome. So I thought, oh, everybody's doing like social media in all the things. And of course there's a pandemic. I'm like, well, I need to step up my game there. And so I invested in some experts and realized over the course of a couple of years that Facebook allows me to create relationships with people, like real relationships. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a neighborhood at a cocktail party, not even at a cocktail party, but like at a coffee right? Mm-hmm. Like they're real people. We end up talking in, in messenger. We end up coming off of, off and, and having coffees like real life or in real life pe- person. I have never been a, an uh, image for like photographs 
I barely take them. Um, I pay people to take pictures of me, <laughs> but other than that, I don't take them. So Instagram never really made sense, but I thought, oh, I have to do it. And it was very shiny. And it, it, was, was really, it was really lovely. It was really shiny. And it didn't really do anything to move my business forward. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things about my clientele is that my clients have businesses in their communities. Their clients are real people who live in their community. So like I work with people like civil engineers, uh, interior designers, attorneys, like people who's, who may or may not have a brick and mortar, but who work with real life people in their communities. They don't have what we call an online business. And for most of them, they're not on social media in the same way that online business owners are on social media. They use social media as a distraction. They use social media to veg out and, and like scroll and right? But they're, it's just not an attention. So when I've gone back to being out in the world, I am so glad we get to go back in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to networking events often looking for the right places. So not just any networking events, right? I'm looking, always looking for where are the people that are my people hanging out? Um, I go to conferences. There's this one conference I've been going to for six years, which is not a business conference. It's not, I gave up on those a while back. So it's not a business conference. It's a conference about changing the world. And the people who show up there, there are entrepreneurs who show up there, artists, scientists, uh, astronauts, um, like really cool, super, super smart people. I love it because I'm never, I'm always the stupidest person in the room, which makes me so happy. And, and I go and I show up year after year after year. I go to the small things and people start to know you and they expect you to be there and the relationships they get deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden, not only like, am I getting clients from the specific clients that I meet there, but people refer, they know me, they will refer people in their lives to me. And mm-hmm. all of this is based on real life back and forth co- communication, connection. I also host a dinner, a quarterly dinner in Portland for business owners because let's be honest, business ownership is a really lonely journey because when you're doing really well, as excited as you are, you just don't feel always the, that, that brag, you know, bragging, you don't really want to be feeling boastful. So you keep a lot of that inside. And when it's not going well, you don't want to deposition yourself. So you don't really talk about the struggle the struggles of being a business owner. So a lot of us are walled off in these individual places. I started hosting dinners in 2016 where friendship is first and business is in the background. We actually don't, nobody even knows what what business you own until about halfway through the, the dinner. It's really focused on connection rather than transactional. And then once you've been to a dinner, you are invited to come to a monthly happy hour to deepen those connections. And what happens is friendship, bonds start to be created and business is happening in the background. 
all the time. Like the first time somebody called me and said, oh my God, I just signed my first $100,000 deal from somebody I met at the, at the table. I was like, that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so creating spaces where we can really connect with each other as human beings. Like I think business is super sexy and I love talking about it. But, you know, I want to talk about other things too. I want to talk about relationships and books and sex and movies and, you know, the economy and science and, like I want to talk about lots of things and that's how we really get to know each other and figure out if we, this whole idea of, of no like, and what, yeah, no like, and trust. Like and trust. Yeah. Yeah. That be, has become really transactional over the years. Yeah. You know, I'm going to kind of, it's, it's so fake mm-hmm. where I'm much more interested in the real, real thing. And oftentimes when I am working with my clients on this, People have gotten so afraid of talking to each other, face-to-face, communicating. They're afraid to pick up the phone. They're afraid to make a date. What, you know, they're, they're just afraid to be with each other. And so I really help my clients focus on real life connection and making sure that they have one, one real meeting with a either potential client, referral partner, Somebody who, who, who they can help like mutually our partner every single week in their calendar. And it's remarkable that as soon as that happens, revenue takes off. I have been working, I've been working with this client for about a year and a half. She's a civil engineer, introvert, right? She, and, and she's the rainmaker. She has a team of 12 men that work for her. So she's the only woman in the office and she's the boss. So it creates a really odd dynamic in her brain. And I, and she kept focusing on project work instead of being out there and like creating connections. And she does work, they do work in the, in government with small cities, all, you know, they do engineering work with small cities. And so I was like, meeting, meetings, 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 meetings. And finally, she got over herself and started setting meetings. And in the month that she had meeting every week, their revenue just, just like, she, she was like, oh my God, how, how did that happen? I said, well, you finally start doing what I told you to do and it works. People hire you because they see you because they have a relationship with you. Even if they're asking for an RFP, if somebody sees your name and they already know you, like it's an, in, whether it's conscious or not, you get put to the top of the list because people know you. So that's, that for me is, is really important. Not that I would stop using social media altogether because that seems also stupid, a way to shoot yourself in the foot, but I'm going to focus on the things that work for me. So Facebook, trying yeah. LinkedIn, which always never quite works for me because I don't have a corporate background. And so it seems it's just a little odd. Instagram, uh, sometimes my Facebook posts get shared there and sometimes it doesn't. And I've just given up caring because it doesn't impact me. So as a, as a person who owns a business, you really, again, it's like being that thing about being honest with yourself. Which, which platform is the one that really is going to be the one that is where your clients are, that makes you happy. Like be happy on your social media. It's right. social. It's a re- right? Like, yeah. be happy. 
Yeah, I would say that there's a good marriage to, to both. I advocate for exactly what you said and the beautiful power of social media to accentuate that. And so if somebody meets you at a meeting once a year and maybe uh, let's say it takes two, three years for them, right? You can accelerate that by connecting on social media and then like continuously they see your face. And it's not all like, here's my business, here's what I do. Here's my business, here's what I do. It's like providing wisdom, education, setting yourself up as the expert, providing things that are like, oh gosh, you love that. I love that too. We can connect in that way. That's not business related. Um, a lot of my clients have come through me because they connected about the fact that I'm from Italy and I, you know, I homeschooled and I had nothing to do with, you know, my business or my expertise mm -hmm. or my credibility. It's just like, we like each other. Right. And that's how Dana and I had met and, and had worked together. We like each other. And, um, also, there's something to be said about what you mentioned that like Facebook is where it's at for you. So you're not putting as much energy towards LinkedIn and Instagram. We have people who reach out to us who feel that to get to what they'd love to do, we need to get them on TikTok and, you know, whenever Clubhouse was a thing or um, you need to get on this platform and this platform and this platform and this platform. And like they're, they're naming 10 million different things they'd like us to do. But in the end game, I'm hearing what they'd love to accomplish. I know that none of that is necessary. So I'm typically up front and I'm like, we can get to that with much less of that. And um, we can certainly try it out once we get everything else moving and grooving. And very often we're able to get into their ads account. We're able to get into their um, social media and pinpoint, you know, 50 million ways of how we can turn them into client magnets provided, like you said, Dana, that uh, it's a good it's a good road for what, where their ideal clients are hanging out. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, the other thing too, is you said, you know, how do I get clients? So there is that, that personal, this personal connection thing. The other thing is I know that I speaking is something that I love to do. Even better is I love to teach workshops. And so I've been just at talking to every everybody who who I know produces a, a conference, everybody I know who has a networking event, get me on stages um, yep. be because I have experience from the past knowing that first of all I give a lot of value. People get a lot out of it. People will come up to me years later and say, "Oh my God, what you said at that workshop really I still use that every day." So that's, that's really useful. Um, and again, it's a place where I know it works and it's in my zone of genius. Like I'm never happier than when I'm on a stage teach or teaching people in a workshop situation. And so you have, you really have to figure out those things for yourself is what makes you happy. Wh where is your spark alive? Um, one of the mistakes that I think that that see business owners make is they try to outsource their zone of genius, mm -hmm. which is just, it doesn't work. The other thing they try to outsource is, source is sales way too early. Like don't outsource your sales. You have to have like a $20 million business before you start really outsourcing sales because you're the most passionate about your business. You understand your business the, the best you're the best at explaining it. You can outsource parts of sales, but don't outsource closing the deal. Yeah. And creating those relationships, like you said. Well, Dana, this has been a beautiful, impactful conversation. And I'm so happy you uh, took the time to be here with us today. Where would you like everybody to find you? 
Um, on Facebook. <laughs> uh, at Dana Corey, I'm just Dana Corey. I'm really easy to find. And the other place that I always tell people to go is go to my website, danacorey.com. There's lots of uh, uh, free things to learn about. There's lots of tips. Um, and uh, here's the thing that I know about connecting is that back in my, when I was younger, people had secretaries that would answer their phone for them. And now, you know, people, they go to voicemail. I, I am a real person and I answer my own phone. I answer my emails. I will get back to you. I want to have a relationship. So reach out to me and let's talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Dana. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you're listening on a podcast platform, see you next time. Oh, and don't forget to leave your five-star review, follow the show on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. Bye. Bye.